Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I'm going to start out with something I've received a lot of questions about lately, Roth 401ks. I have updated advice for you about these, and later, I've got something that's pretty scary for your safety, a nefarious way. That's a big word. You can be tracked, and most importantly, what you need to do about it. So, I have been the man from Roth forever. First Roth IRAs, then Roth 401ks. I'm obsessed with the Roth as a way to save for retirement. And why am I obsessed with the Roth? Because there are a couple of reasons. The Roth IRA means a dollar saved is a dollar you're going to have in retirement. Where in a traditional IRA or a traditional 401k, a dollar saved is not a dollar. It's really somewhere maybe 70%, 70 cents on the dollar or less. Because everything in that account, everything that grows over the years, everything will be taxed at who knows what tax rate down the road. Tax rates in the United States today unusually low by historical measures. And if you just want proof of that, we are bringing in far less in tax dollars than what we're spending. And most of that spending doesn't change depending on who's in power because most of it is statutory. It's for programs that are already baked in for entitlements. And so ultimately the bill has to be paid. And it's my belief that eventually, rather than the country going broke, we will be expected to pay more tax. But there's also a sinister part to me that is why I love the Roth. Because effectively, people tend to put the same percent of their pay behind into a retirement account, whether they do a traditional 401k or a Roth, which effectively means you're saving a lot more money. Because remember, the Roth has already been taxed So that money all flows to you tax-free in retirement. And so if somebody decides they're going to put aside 10% of their pay and they do the Roth version, they're actually effectively saving a lot more than the person who does the traditional. So that's where I'm underhanded, sneaky, deceptive, terrible, (laughs) is I'm using behavioral economics as a way to get you to save more money. So here's the key thing. If you've been working at an employer for a while, they probably didn't have a Roth 401k option when you started. They probably only had traditional. 
But today, roughly 90% of companies that offer a 401k offer you the choice of traditional or Roth. And if you've, particularly if you've been in a place a while, you've been doing traditional all through the years, I want you, as long as you stay with them from this point forward, to do Roth. So then you have this pile of pre-tax money and this pile of after-tax money. And as people in retirement can tell you, there are specific advantages in terms of how benefits are taxed, like Social Security, how that affects you, if you're spending from post-tax dollars versus pre-tax dollars. And so I want to tell you my obsession with Ross is that they're so great because it's an opportunity to have money grow tax-free and spend it tax-free. And that's where I really want you to think, unless you are a mega wealthy person like Krista here. (laughs) Because Krista and her husband make enough money that for you, you're in a really high tax bracket. You're not going to acknowledge that? You're not going to say anything. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, if you are like my theoretical Krista here, and you're making really big bucks, then you are in the highest of the tax brackets. And in that case, it would still probably benefit you to do traditional rather than Roth. And we're talking big income earners. Like we're talking about huge, huge, like half a million or more per year kind of money that you'd have to be making. So now I'm talking about almost no one other than someone like theoretical Krista (laughs) and her husband. So unless you're earning those huge dollars, you're going to find that you will thank me down the road. I mean, I'll be long gone and dead. But anyway, you'll thank me down the road when you are spending that after-tax money instead of having to pay tax on all that money you have. Okay, Bruce in North Carolina says, our 401k just had the Roth option added. I currently contribute 20% and make $100,000 per year. Should I change all my future contributions to Roth as I'm 63 and have $600,000 in the 401k now, but all is tax deferred? So this is a back sell, Bruce. You are the perfect situation for (laughs) what I said. You've got that huge amount of money and congratulations to you on everything you've saved over the years in your traditional 401k. And yes, the years you continue to work, you definitely want to, particularly with where tax brackets are at a very uh, wonderful salary, like 100,000 tax brackets are such that you definitely want to do the Roth 401k option moving forward. This is from Teresa in North Carolina. Is it possible and do you recommend freezing a small business's credit? And if so, how do you do it? And she's subchapter S-Corp. S-Corp. Teresa, there is no procedure for an S-Corp or an LLC to do a credit freeze. Credit freeze is established, and the thought behind it is that your own credit is frozen. And in your case, you really don't have to worry that much because if you're an S-Corp, generally when credit is granted to the S-Corp, they also pierce the corporate veil, meaning you have to do a personal guarantee. So your credit is what you're really interested in protecting and having a credit freeze in place for yourself and any other principles of the S-Corp 
is the most important thing for you to do. This is from Scott in Virginia. As a member of the military, I will be retiring this fall after 31 years of 31, service. 31, Scott. Wow. Thank you for your service. That's My- incredible, 31. Most yes. military personnel I hear from retire at 20. My financial planner recommends taking my non-Roth portion of my TSP and doing a one-time conversion to my Roth IRA. I understand the benefits of doing this, but over the past two years, we've converted over $100,000 of traditional to Roth, and I am personally done liquidating some savings to pay the tax bill. My question and dilemma is, and this is what I would classify as a champagne problem, why not leave the 200 k in the traditional TSP and let it grow? I understand that I will be subject to taxes upon taking out money from it and future RMD requirements, but I feel like my planner wants me to pad up my IRA, which has a higher administration fee of 0.8% than the TSP administration fee. I'd like to hear your thoughts as part of my philosophy for financial freedom is not only saving for tomorrow, but enjoying today. Thank you. And note, my wife and I max our Roth IRAs and TSP 403Bs annually. So the um, it's funny because in the same breath you said tsp and 403b most 403b plans are terribly high cost your tsp the thrift savings plan is the lowest cost retirement plan offered in america so no i don't want you to take any money out of the tsp and move it into an ira i want it to stay in the tsp and yes you'll have to do your uh, required minimum distributions right now the law says at age 72 Odds are Congress is going to pass a law, likely even this year in an election year, where the RMDs, the age for uh, starting RMDs, will move later and later in life, maybe even to as late as 76, phased in over a number of years. So leave that TSP as it is. Let it grow as this ultra-low-cost retirement plan. And yes, you will pay some tax on it each year as you pull the money out. So straight ahead, I'm going to tell you a bizarre story about a great product, the Apple AirTag, and how it's being used for committing various crimes, and you need to know how to protect yourself. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. My son lost his wallet a few months ago, and it was really an important event in his life. Not because he lost his credit card and his debit card and his driver's license, lost a small amount of cash because he's a teenager, people don't use cash a lot anymore, but he lost some pictures that were near and dear to him, and the wallet never found. It was pretty easy replacing his driver's license, the credit card, the debit card, no transactions took place on either. So it's just lost, lost. And he, and we did everything we could helping him retrace his steps, couldn't find it. So he immediately bought an AirTag wallet. Do you know what that is? Mm-mm. 
So people, if you go on eBay or Amazon or Walmart.com, people sell these wallets that uh, for men and women that have a holder in them that holds an AirTag. Mm. And so if you ever lose your wallet, you're able as an Apple user to immediately find where your wallet is. And that way, if a criminal's got it, you know where they are. If you just misplaced it, you find it. Love that. It's a fantastic technology. And Apple came up with this design where all the Apple devices in the world all become like repeater stations. So remember when you were in Europe and your son left a... um, Backpack with an iPad in it. iPad, and you were able (laughs) to sign into the Apple account and you found out the iPad was being used in what country? It It had gone from Belgium to... Where was it? Lithuania? In like less than a day. So uh, it was gone, gone. Somebody else was having a good time with it. It's crazy. So you were able to do that using Apple's technology, but Mm -hmm. it's nothing like the AirTags where you're able to find things right away. It's a brilliant advancement on, as Apple often does, other companies invent a product, and then Apple studies it, studies it, and comes out with their version which is part of the Apple network effect and can actually potentially be more effective. Unfortunately, though, as privacy bloggers were saying from the second the AirTag was introduced, that it was going to become a big tool in criminals' hands. And unfortunately, that's what's happening. You see it all over social media. Women in particular have been targeted by um, undesirables, somebody will be attracted to someone or they'll want to stalk them or whatever, and they'll hide an air tag in the person's car and they're able to track them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just terrible. And I'm telling you, when, when this product was introduced almost a year ago, I remember all the stories and all the tech blogs saying, This is going to be a nightmare for women's safety. And sure enough, it's become a nightmare for women's safety. Um, The other thing that's happened that the privacy bloggers did not anticipate is it's being used by car theft rings. So they'll spot um, a really nice car in a parking garage, parking deck, or parked in a lot or on the street and they will come put if it's a car that's really good for people to steal in terms of good meaning the money they can make from it selling it to a chop shop or whatever they'll place an air tag under it they bide their time they wait for the person to drive home and then during the middle of the night while they're sleeping or whatever they steal the car and it's just two of the areas where the air tag has become a big problem Apple is in a fix here because the product has such great positive uses. And at the same time as with any technology, it can have unexpected bad consequences. And this is one with the AirTag is it's being used to create waves of crime. Now, you can download 
to an Android, an app that Google and Apple developed apparently together that allows you to know if somebody has put an AirTag near you on your vehicle or whatever, and iPhone users can do the same. I'm not trying to create the school of paranoid here, but I want you to know, particularly if you are a woman who's out and about, that you know dangers from people putting something in your drink, you know all that stuff. This is a new thing you got to add to your protective toolbox to protect yourself from somebody who decides that they are going to stalk you or worse to have that app sniffing to see if there is an air tag in your immediate environment. And I don't know how Apple fixes this. This has become a real revenue center for Apple. And again, like for my son, a very positive product. So I don't have an answer to whether Apple should withdraw the product, if there's a way Apple can make the product not useful to criminals. I don't know that. Um, They invented the product. Maybe they can come up with a way that will make it not so useful to criminals. But I just think it's important that you know that the privacy bloggers were right a year ago, and it turned out they underestimated the harm that this could cause. Get to some questions here. This is from Yvonne in Florida. Speaking of Apple, she says, I have a MacBook Pro and I have my own business. I wanted to know if there would be any huge benefits to switching to an iPhone from Android. I really don't think so, but I wanted to verify it with you. So let's see. If you talk to <laughs> any of my three kids or my wife, they my would husband, all say, yeah. oh, I don't have a husband. My husband. Your husband. Okay. Yeah. My family too. <laughs> okay. I'm the only Android user. In your whole household? Mm-hmm. And I'm the only Android user in my household. And I use a Chromebook and it drives my family crazy. <laughs> I don't carry a, a Mac. Anyway, the network effect, as I was mentioning earlier, of uh, being in Apple's walled garden and having the devices coordinate and work together is an enormous advantage for Apple and potentially an enormous advantage to you. If there's not things you're finding you're lacking using an Android phone, then keep using the Android. But if there are things you wish you didn't have to go to your Mac to do, it would be great if the phone and the Mac were working closely together, then switch to the iPhone. This is from Donna in Georgia. I just received a letter from AAA stating my membership has been chosen for non-renewal for disproportionate use of services. I am shocked. I'm within my call limits, up to date on payments, and don't understand why. When I called, they said no appeal is available and no one else can explain exactly why my membership was chosen. Help me, Clark. My kids and I need this service. So this has been a disturbing pattern. We've heard from people about AAA for a number of years AAA is a nonprofit, and this is something that they should have some form of appeal when AAA decides that they have categorized you as an abusive member. Generally, depending on the AAA affiliate you're a member of, uh, you are allowed, a lot of affiliates allow four service calls Every 12 months, I think, is the number you're allowed. And if you use that for regularly, 
they still might dump you depending on the AAA affiliate. In your case, you said you had, the letter said disproportionate use of services, Donna, but you hadn't gone over your call limit, which may be the four that's so often the case. So you need AAA. How would you do it? Well, you just have another family member join as the primary member and add the additional household members as members, and you should probably be able to get around their system. But why would I tell you a way to sneak around? Because I think that AAA's no appeal process is ridiculous, and that if AAA feels that you are costing them too much money, then they should give you warnings through the process. There should not be something where suddenly they say, okay, we don't care how many years you've been a member, you're out, uh, I think is not okay. And as I always say with any organization named, AAA would like to have a spokesperson on to explain how the process works. We're happy to have them. I don't even know if the workaround would work because sometimes the letters I've seen from people in the past that they've received, some people can be individually banned for life, and then some members of your, can reapply as, as members of your family. So we'll see. This one's from Stella in Texas. I have my Costco Citibank visa. I've had it for several years. I noticed this has not been reported to the three credit bureaus when I checked my credit reports recently. Really? This is one of the two credit cards I have. Should I be worried that my activities aren't being recorded? And is this a common occurrence? Stella, that sounds unusual. What If you had it for several years, you may have been a legacy customer who had the Costco American Express. She did American say she Express. did. I didn't okay. read that part. She did. Right. So when the accounts were sold in bulk from American Express to Citibank, there were people whose, I'm gathering, whose socials didn't transfer along, just the accounts, and that's probably what happened. I would contact Citibank and see if they have your social security number in their database, and if they don't, give it to them so that they can properly report you to the credit bureaus. Having only a single credit card that's being reported to the bureaus is very risky for you. And if Citibank is not cooperative with you getting you into the database where you're reporting to the bureaus, I want you to apply for another credit card with somebody so that you have at least two credit cards from two different issuers that exist out there so that your credit identity, uh, your credit reputation is not at risk. And I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. And Krista, I hope you get over your embarrassment me talking about how rich you are. Oh, it's fine. And I hope that you heard something today that will enrich your life in many different ways, even beyond just what goes in your wallet. And I want to thank you so much for being with us.